Hi, my name's Laura. And my name's Amanda. And this is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits mini episode. Skeletons in the Closet. Stigmatism. Okay. Okay. First story, uh, obituary is Angus McDonald's funny obituary about himself. Um, Angus Brian McDonald died on March 25th, 2016, before he passed after a long history of serious health problems that he survived uh, until now, anyways. He took on the task of writing his own obituary. Uh, so his full obituary says, So the world doesn't have Angus McDonald to kick around anymore. I'm gone. The devil finally called my name. The Grim Reaper came for me on Friday. <laughs> March 25th, 2016. I bought the farm. I bit the desk. So I guess I'm <laughs> off to the promised land. The Fun. promised land. Imagine that. Anyways, I was born at St. Joseph's Hospital in Glace Bay on November 26th, 1948. Of, oh shit, of 13 children in the family, I was oh, the God. sixth born. Goodness. Man, he's busy. No, his mama was busy. Yeah, get down. Yeah, get it down with the segments. Oh, Lord. Um, I was pre pre-deceased. Uh, pre- <laughs> pre- pre-deceased. <laughs> it's pre- it's P-R-E-D-E-C-E-A-S-E-D. Pre-deceased. Pre-deceased. Okay. By four brothers. Okay, yeah, it's predeceased. It's spelled. It's one of those words that's spelled so funky. You're like, am I saying this? Saying right? it right? Yeah. Uh, Lawrence, 1943. Pat, 1990. Kevin, 1999. And Alan, 2010. I am survived by OG Brenda, Tower Road, my three children, Tyler Stratford. Lawrence and his wife, Lisa St. Mary's, and Cody Tower Road, and my grandchildren. So anyways, I think I was a pretty nice guy, despite being a former punk, and despite what people would say about me. What did they know about me anyways? I loved my family, and I cared for them through good times and bad, and I did my best. I had some serious health problems the last few years, but survived them, quote-unquote, up until now, anyways. (laughs) With the help of my wife, Brenda, my granddaughter, Nicole, my sweetheart little dog, Scarlet, and my rescue kitten, Dolly, Uh Elaine, and Sonia, and all other nurses from the Vaughn, and the doctors and nurses at the Cape Breton Cancer Center, the palliative care nurses and doctors, Dr. Archibald, and doctors and nurses at Glace Bay Hospital. My little dog, Scarlet, died September 2013, and there really are no words to describe what a total, what a total distressor Scarlet was for me. So, I guess if there's a place in the afterlife where little dogs and old dogs go, then that's where you'll find me and Scarlet. Maybe I'll see you there sometime. Oh. Beside my wife, children, and grandchildren, the single most wonderful event in my life was spending three years at... UCCB, now CBU, where I earned my bachelor's degree in 1992. 
I don't want a funeral. A funeral is a waste of hard-earned and hard-saved money that my family can use now. I was a very private person in life, so I don't want to end that life with people gawking at me while I lay in the coffin. Sounds like my dad. Yeah. I'm being cremated and my ashes are being scattered somewhere, so instead of going to see the great creator, I will be going to see the great cremator. Oh, no. <laughs> oh that's funny. Oh, that's cute. Memorial donations may be made to a palliative care unit at Cape Britain Regional Hospital for those who would like to express condolences. Visitations will take place on Thursday, March 31st, 2016. From 1 to 3 p.m. in Patterned Funeral Home, 71 Union Street, Glace Bay, with memorial service to follow at 3 p.m. Happy Trails, Love Angus B. McDonald. Oh. That one was funny. That was funny. I'm going to meet the great cremator. <laughs> That's just like the one I said with my smoking hot body. That was funny. Because she was going to be cremated. Yeah. I still can't do the cremating thing. I just can't, but that's what people want then that's what they do I want to be cremated and turn into a tree yep well you want me to read one or you want to go yeah we can go one for one if you want you can read one okay I got one and his name is James Loveless uh, he was born on March 11th 1963 and he died on June 14th 2023 and he was born and raised in Kentucky in 1963. Good old state, I know, right? A state that has been recently learning, leaning towards more liberal values. I don't know why they always gonna say that in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> we might add Jamie. We might add a divorcee father, a grandfather, and a proud owner of a few lots in a trailer park had had enough up to up and died on us on June 14th in order to avoid presidential stolen election mishap in the <laughs> near future. Oh my god that's, that's talking about all the Donald Trump stuff I guess. As a glutinous eater of fried foods and snack cakes. Uh oh Laura snack cakes. That's on your list. Gluttonous. Yeah, gluttonous. Sorry. See, I, I messed that word up. Gluttonous. That's one of those words that bother me, I guess. What does that even mean? That um, like, you're always hungry. Like oh. You're, like, you, like ravenous, no kind of. Like, no matter how much you eat, you always want more. Oh, okay. All right. As well as an occasional chili cheese dog, James tried in vain to give up the ghost by clogging his arteries <laughs> having a stroke in 2015 his twin boys Rocky and Rodney had other plans and made him go into the hospital while waiting in the ER the hospital of the hospital he was hearing heard a saying say let's make a break for it <laughs> oh gosh they're trying to break out of the hospital only to be heard by one of the hospital staff and forced to go Forced to go through the procedure, he wasn't too excited about the prospect, but he went anyways. On many occasions in life, James was seen in his backyard at the trailer park during the early hours in the mornings, hammering beers, <laughs> standing over country-style ribs and yelling. 
It's got a lot of head like a cat on it. He said, what? It's got a head like a cat on it. I guess that was his saying. <laughs> I ain't never heard that before. Have you heard that one before? No. Alrighty then. While nearby neighbors would peek out the windows bearing looks of disgust and, am- and amazement as the party guests were slurring remarks about needing to speed up his cooking style. We've been here since five o'clock, they'd say. I've got work in the morning. We don't know if he was married, but he definitely was a ladies man. There was a Kathy, Mary Lou, Tammy, Deborah, Carrie, Tina. Jesus. Uh, I guess this keeps on going. Oh, Lord <laughs> Jesus. He was a hoe. He was a hoe. Back in the day, he was a hoe. That's fine. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. That's funny. Uh, it's the bones, he said. He told us it's proudly pointed his skinny, pasty white legs. What? Oh, my God. He, he told us he was proudly pointing his skinny, pasty legs. So, I guess he was showing the women his his hot legs that was his asset i guess is what he was trying to say but women loved a good shin oh my god God. (laughs) why does that remind me of hank hill or something like that (laughs) i don't know but we think he might even have some females waiting for him on the other side jamie loved his family more than anything else in the world except ice cold bush room temperature bush T-bones, tea, tea New York strips, prime rib shrimp, swimming. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Poker, hatchback Mustang, GTs, <laughs> tank tops, wife beaters, <laughs> Kentucky's men basketball, and personal copy of Eddie Murphy's Raw. <laughs> he leaves behind his second favorite son, Rocky, and Elizabeth loveless of arizona city arizona his favorite son rodney loveless of science hill kentucky a younger brother joey and an unofficial daughter melissa and coy vance of the trailer park (laughs) as well as a pair of old boxers which have budweiser the king of rears (laughs) printed in the design he will moderately be missed oh that was funny they yeah. sure they're not they're not giving my dad an obituary <laughs> i know right that sounded like something to do with your <laughs> yeah exactly something definitely your dad would oh god the beer thing all right you can read your second one if you want to okay uh walter Barrol jr's um passed away on March 9th, 2014 before his death he had taken it upon himself to craft his own funny obituary. Walter George Brohl Jr. of Newark and Dewey Beach is a dead person. <laughs> no. He is no more. He is bereft bereft I've never heard that word of life. He is deceased. He has rung down the curtain and gone to join the the choir he has expired and gone to meet his maker he drifted off this mortar mortal coil 
on. Know, we got tongue tied today. That's all right, y'all. March 9th, 2014, at his home. His spirit was released from his worn out shell of a body and is now exploring the universe. Damn, mom, it sounds like they're talking about you. I know, right? Literally. <laughs> he was surrounded by his loving wife of 57 years, Helene. Sellers Brole, who will now be able to purchase the mink coat, which he had always refused her because he believed only minks should wear mink. His no. two sons, their wives, and his four grandchildren. Walt was preceded in death by his <laughs> by his tonsils and oh god, a spinal disc in 1974, a large piece of his thyroid gland in 1988, and his prostate. <laughs> Oh, his prostate on March 27, 2000. He was born in Philadelphia, PA on April 20th, 1933. Damn, he old. Mm-hmm. At 10.38 and weighed in a healthy 7 pounds, 4 ounces. Um, he drifted through the Philadelphia public school system from 1937 to 1951. Graduated to his mother's great relief. <laughs> from John Bartram High School in June of 1951. Walter was a Marine Corps veteran of the Korean War, having served from October of 1050 to September of 1951 with overseas duty in Japan from June of 1953 till August of 1953. He attained the rank of sergeant. He chose his path because of the Hollywood propaganda to which he succumbed as a child during World War II, and his cousin Ella, who jo- joined the corps in 1943. He served in Electron. In between. I'm sorry. I'm it's tired. Okay. It's fun. Got, got done with work, and I want to go to bed. Alright, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It was this fun. He served an electronics apprenticeship at the Philadelphia Naval Yard in from 1956 till 1961 operated Atlantic Automotive service stations in Wilmington and was employed by the late great DuPont Co from 1962 through 1993 very few people who knew him would say he worked for DuPont and he always claimed that he had only been hired to fill a position. He started at Chestnut Run site as a flunky in the weave area of the textile fibers department and was promoted to research assistant when he stayed from 1963 to 1972. In 1972, he accepted a position as an equipment service representative of the products department at the old DuPont airport site. In 1973, he was promoted to manufacturing engineer technologist and was employed in that capacity until after 31 years with the company. He was given a fine anniversary dinner and a token gift and then downsized in December 1993. He was rehired as a contract employee in June of 1993 doing the same job that he had been quote-unquote downsize from and stayed until July of 1995. (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> there will be no viewing since his wife refuses to honor him. <laughs> there will oh, be no oh. viewing since his wife refuses to honor his request to have him standing in the corner of the room with a glass of Jack Daniels in his hand so that he would... Why is that gonna be Sam? <laughs> ...that he would appear more natural to visitors. Oh my god. Cremation will take place at the family's convenience and his ashes will be kept in an urn until they get tired of having it around. What's a what's a Grecian urn? Oh, about 200 drachmas a week? I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's supposed to be a pun. Yeah, I like a pun to it. Pun. Everyone who remembers him is asked to celebrate Walt's life in their own way, raising a glass of their favorite drink in his memory would be quite appropriate instead of flowers Walt would hope that you will do an unexpected and unsolicited act of kindness for some poor unfortunate soul in his name oh that's fun but yeah that that sounds like Sam yeah it does cause he's always talking about he wants to be doing something weird like standing up or flying from the ceiling or something <laughs> yeah I don't understand I love him, but sometimes I'm just like, what in the world? If I die before him, I'm going to put it in my will that I want him to dress as the Grim Reaper and just fucking follow people around. Yeah, <laughs> I want that. Because I know he is, would actually do it. <laughs> that is definitely a, something that I would like to have done. That would just be funny. <laughs> to sit, people just to sit there and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Grim Reaper's there. Why is it standing there? Why is it just standing you- there? Do you guys see that? No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think you've lost it. <laughs> oh Lord! All right. Well, I guess I'll go on to my next one. All right. So my next one is William Ziegler. That's how you pronounce his name, I guess. Uh, Ziegler escaped the mortal rim on Friday, July 29, 2016, at the age of 69. Mm, same age as my dad. Lord, that number, it pops up everywhere, too, so that's funny. <laughs> we think he did did it on purpose to avoid having to make a decision in the election again. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. He leaves behind four children, five grandchildren, and a potted meat industry. Ew! <laughs> Gross! For which he was unofficially the spokesperson of un- un- until dietary restrictions force him to eat real food (laughs) William volunteered for service in the United States Navy at the ripe old age of 17 and immediately realized he didn't much enjoy being bossed around he only stuck it out for one war before his discharge however the government exchanged numerous ribbons and medals for various honorable acts Upon his return to the city of New Orleans in 1971, thinking it best, thinking it's best to keep an eye on him, the government officials hired William as a fireman. After 25 years, he suddenly realized that running away from a burning building made more sense than running towards them. <laughs> he promptly retired after that. Looking back, William started. Or William stated that there was no better group of morons and mental patients than those that have the privilege of serving with except Bob. He never liked you, Bob. Whoever Bob was, he didn't Damn. like Bob. Damn, he put Bob in his obituary. He didn't like Bob. What did Bob do? Bob. I don't, I don't know. 
I want to know what Bob did to him to deserve to be put in the obituary. That's some serious shit. Yep, and he put it in big bold letters too. This is like out there. Following his wishes, there will not be a service, but well wishers are encouraged to write a note, a farewell of a sack of Schaefner, uh, light beer. I guess that's a type of beer can be drank in his honor. Is that have you ever heard of that name of beer? S C H A E F Schaefner. Uh uh-uh. That must be like a different, some other kind of beer, like over somewhere. I don't know. He was never one of the sentimental or religious, but he wanted to know that if he owes you a beer and if you can find him in heaven, he will gladly allow you to buy him another one. He can likely be found forwarding tasteless internet jokes. Check your spam folder. <laughs> But don't open these at work, oh lord. Except to find an alcoholic dog named Judge. <clears throat> Hang on a minute. Except to find an ap- an alcoholic dog named Judge, Judge that passed away at his feet. Unlikely previous times, this is not a ploy to avoid creditors or old girlfriends. Yeah. He assures you <laughs> that he's gone and he will be greatly missed. <laughs> That's funny. That was funny. Yeah, I couldn't get that. I didn't. I've never heard of that beer before. That's that's funny. Definitely. All right. Well, we down to the last ones. Mm-hmm. Um, my last one is uh, an obituary for Harry Stamps, who, and it was written by his daughter. Um. <laughs> Harry Weathersby Stamps, ladies' man, foodie, natty dresser, and accomplished traveler died on Saturday, March 9, 2013. Harry was locally sourcing his food for years before chefs in California started using cilantro and arugula, both of which he hated. (laughs) For his signature bacon and tomato sandwich, he procured 100% all-white bunny bread from Georgia, blue plate mayonnaise from New Orleans, sours, black pepper from Virginia, homegrown tomatoes from outside Oxford and and Tennessee, Tennessee's Benton bacon from his Bacon of the Month subscription. As a point of pride, he purported to remember every meal he had eaten in his 80 years of life. The women in his life were numerous. He particularly fancied smart women. He loved his mom, Wilma Hartzog, who, with the help of her sisters and cousins in New Hebron, reared Harry after his father's Walter's death when Harry was 12. He worshipped his older sister, Lynn Stamps, a character in her own right, and her daughter, Linda Lightsey of Hattiesburg. He married his main squeeze, Han Moore, a home economics teacher almost 50 years ago, with whom he had two girls, Amanda Lewis of Dallas and Allison of Starkville. He taught them to fish, to select a quality hammer, to love nature, and to just be thankful. He took great pride in stocking their toolboxes. Oh, God. One of his regrets was not seeing his girl Hillary Clinton elected president. They all gotta put that in their obituaries. He had a long a lifelong love affair with 
deviled eggs. Oh, God. Plain cakes, boiled peanuts, Vienna sausages. What is the deal with His homemade canned fig preserves, pork chops, turnip greens, and buttermilk served in martini glasses garnished with cornbread. He excelled at growing camellias, rebuilding houses after hurricanes, eradicating mole crickets from his front yard, composting pine needles, living within his means, outsmarting squirrels, never losing a game of competitive sickness, and reading any history book he could get his hands on. He loved to use his oversized his oversized old man remote control, which thankfully survived Hurricane Katrina to flip between watching the Barefoot, the Barefoot Con- Contessa and anything on the History Channel. He took extreme pride in his two grandchildren, Harper Lewis and William Stamps Lewis of Dallas, for who he would crow like a rooster on their phone calls. Oh, God. As a former government and sociology professor of Gulf Coast Community College, Harry was thoroughly interested in politics and religion and enjoyed watching politicians act like preachers and preachers act like politicians. He was fond of saying a phrase he coined, I am not running for political office or trying to get married when he was quote-unquote speaking the truth. He also took pride in his service during the Korean conflict, serving the rank of corporal, just like Napoleon, as he would say. Harry took fashion cues from no one. His signature everyday look was all his. A plain pocketed t-shirt designed by the fashion house Fruit of the Loom. His black label elastic waist shorts worn above the navel and sold exclusively at the Sam's on Highway 49 and a pair of old school wallabies. Who can even remember where he got those? Oh, God. That were always paired with a grass-stained MSU baseball cap. Harry traveled extensively. He only stayed in the finest quality AA-rated campgrounds. His favorite being Indian Creek outside Cherokee, North Carolina. He always spent the extra money to upgrade to a creek view for his tent. Many years later, he purchased a used pop-up camper for his family to travel in style, which quote-unquote spoiled his daughters for life. He despised phonies. His 1969 Volvo, which he also loved, know-it-all Yankees. Southerners who used the words veranda and porte couture to put on airs eating great leaves Law and Order, all franchises, Cats, and Martha Stewart. In reverse order, he particularly hated Daylight Savings Time, which he referred to as the Devil's Time. Exactly. (laughs) It is not lost on his family that he died the very day that he would have had to spring his clock forward. (laughs) Oh, God. This can only be viewed as his final protest. That's gonna be me, because I need my extra hour of sleep. Just leave me alone. One hour. (laughs) Oh my god. Because of his irrational fear that his family would throw him a golf-themed funeral despite his hatred for the sport, his family will hold a private family-only service free of any type of theme. Visitation will be held at 
Bradford O'Keefe Funeral Home, 15th Street, Gulfport, on Monday, March 11th, 2013, from 6 to 8 p.m. In lieu of flowers, the family asked that you make a donation to Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College for their library. Harry retired as dean there and was very proud of his friends and the faculty. He taught thousands and thousands of Mississippians during his life. The family would also like to thank Gulfport Railroad Center dialysis staff who took great care of him and his caretaker, Jamika Stribling. Finally, the family asked that in honor of Harry, you write your congressman and ask for the repeal of daylight savings time. Harry Harry wanted everyone to go back to the Lord's time. Alright everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Skeletons in the Closet. Laura, you gonna tell everybody bye? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, everybody. Uh, we appreciate y'all for being patient with us and everything. We're still trying to get our schedule under control. Um, Mom had some technical difficulties, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, pushing, we're pushing it out. Um, and our schedules will allow it. Uh, I like my schedule won't allow it. (laughs) Alright, y'all. Well, y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We love you guys. And you can check us out on any of our social media pages. Our Facebook page is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. And our Instagram is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. Bye!